I believe in God. This terse opening phrase of the Apostles' Creed leads us directly into our first theological topic. What does it mean to talk about believing in God? What are we to understand by words such as belief and faith? What is faith? The biblical sense of the word faith has a number of aspects. One biblical theme is of particular importance, the idea of trusting in God related in the famous Old Testament account of the calling of Abraham, Genesis 15.1-6. This tells of how God promised to give Abraham countless descendants as numerous as the stars of the night sky. Abraham believed God, that is, trusted the promise that was made to him. Similarly, the crowds around Jesus are often described as having faith, meaning that they believed that he had some special status, identity, or authority, and would be able to heal them from their illnesses or deal with their concerns, e.g. Luke 5.20, Here again, the basic idea is trust, in this case mingled with discernment, that there is something about Jesus which merits such an attitude of trust. In everyday language, words like faith and belief have come to mean something like a weak form of knowledge. I know that the chemical formula for water is H2O, or that the earth rotates around the sun. When I say I know that the capital of the United States of America is Washington, D.C., I mean that this statement can be verified. But when I say I believe in God, this is widely understood to mean something like I think that there is a God, but I cannot demonstrate this with any degree of certainty. This everyday use of the terms faith and belief is misleading, however, as it does not do justice to the complexity of the theological notion of faith. In the 18th and 19th centuries, Western philosophy widely believed that anything worth believing could be proved, whether by logical reasoning or by scientific experimentation. As the great 19th century mathematician W.K. Clifford, 1845-1879, argued, it is wrong always, everywhere, and for anyone to believe anything upon insufficient evidence. This positivism had a deep impact on Western culture, and its influence still lingers. The idea of faith in God was ridiculed by some rationalist writers, who argued that unless God's existence could be proved, it was an utterly irrelevant notion. Yet, with the passing of time, the credibility of this position has been severely weakened. It has become increasingly clear that many of the fundamental beliefs of Western culture lie beyond proof. The philosopher of science, Michael Polanyi, 1886-1964, argued that certain unprovable beliefs lay behind the working methods of the natural sciences. As Alfred Lord Tennyson, 1809-1892, pointed out in his poem, The Ancient Sage, nothing that was actually worth believing could be proved in the way that people like Clifford demanded. For nothing worthy proving can be proven, nor yet disproven. Wherefore thou be wise, cleave ever to the sunnier side of doubt. Since then, philosophers have become much more realistic about things. Some things can indeed be proved, but some, by their very nature, lie beyond proof. God is one of these. Can God's existence be proved? The basic Christian attitude to proofs for the existence of God can be set out as follows. 1. The existence of God is something that reason cannot prove conclusively. 
Yet the fact that the existence of God lies beyond reason does not for one moment mean that the existence of God is contrary to reason. 2. Certain excellent reasons may be put forward for suggesting that God exists. These do not, however, count as proofs in the sense of rigorous logical demonstrations or conclusive scientific experiments. 3. Faith is about trust in God rather than just agreeing that God exists. In what follows, we shall explore this aspect of Christian theology in a little more detail, focusing on Thomas Aquinas, probably the most famous and influential theologian of the Middle Ages. Born in Italy, he achieved his fame through his teaching and writing at the University of Paris and other northern universities. His fame rests chiefly on his Summa Theologiae, composed towards the end of his life and not totally finished at the time of his death.